Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. Welcome to Chris's Comics. My name is Chris and this is a podcast about comic books. Although today we will be diverging from that slightly as we're going to have a broader discussion on the women characters of DC Comics and how they're being translated from page to screen. Are they being done justice in live action and animation? Who's getting forgotten about and left behind? Who deserves to be pushed to the forefront and hailed as the queens of comic book royalty? All questions we will answer. With me, as always, is punk rock pirate Time Lord, Mr. Jay Bidet. Hello. How are you, man? I'm fine. All right. I didn't realise I was meant to say more than hello. There was a really ungodly little gap there that I'm definitely going to notice. Oh. Um, Don't worry. I'll, I'll, yeah. edit, I'll edit out that ungodly gap. No, it's too late now. <laughs> that gap is there. And you know what? My fans like the gap. That's what I've heard. So. <laughs> well, tonight we have a special guest joining us on this uh, threesome. Um, his name is Graham Kiniston. Did I pronounce that right, dude? You, you nailed it right, yeah. yeah. It's a good he, job I texted it to you, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he's <laughs> he's from the band AMFX, who are the best almost Welsh pop-punk band of all time. I'll take, it. Almost, I'll take it. Almost Welsh. Almost Welsh. He's almost Welsh. I don't know. How, how can you be a Tory? <laughs> Where are you located, Graham? Almost Welsh. I'm like, well, I'm... What, three mile from the border in sunny Shropshire? Yeah, so he's almost Welsh. Yeah, and oh, the drummer always, was I'd Welsh. Say you're Welsh. I just say you're Welsh. We should have I done. Get... We would have got better royalties from uh, BBC uh, Wales in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do say that he's in a fantastic band. However, I will say, JB, that I just added him to this Skype conversation with the email mad underscore copite182 at genericemail.com. <laughs> I've had that since I was 13 and I'm stuck with it. I don't want to get rid of I'm, it. With it in, the, in the blue corner, we have... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, um, no fighting, lads. No, well, to be fair, I haven't... I probably haven't followed football since you, like, made that email. So it's not really... <laughs> it's not really a thing. Like, if Everton... If somehow it, Everton won the league... Um, I you. wouldn't be on the streets celebrating. <laughs> I just be. I'm not one of these plastic fans who would go, "Oh yeah, supported them for years." No, I did support them for years, and then I just stopped because I find the sport very boring. So, um, yeah, <laughs> as long as Merseyside wins and that makes me dad happy, then I'm happy. So there you go. Yeah. Although I do like I. I like the fact that you've, you know, that email, sorry to already digress, but do you, you like use that for important things? Do you have to give that in? For like you get the like MOT done and like, can we, you know, email you the, the MOT report and the, and your receipt. Do you have to give them that? 
Look, well, I learned that lesson oh, 15 years ago or whatever it was. So I've got a, I've got a business official email, thankfully, which is far more generic and boring. But I remember I remember setting up in my first ever IT lesson at school. That was our first ever lesson was set up your own email. And I've kept it yeah. since then. So I must have been 12, 13 at the time. So that's two, 1998, I think. <laughs> I, I, I think that was like the curriculum because I've still got my email that I made. Um, and that was, it's marcopunko at com. And yeah, that's I still, you still use that, don't you? Still use that. I get some odd looks when I give it, but to me it's normal. And then I didn't when I when I was between jobs, I wasn't getting any replies. Eve went, "Let me have a look at your CV," and then she looked and went, "What the fuck is this email?" <laughs> so, well, I I got rid of my first email many moons ago. It was a uh, disappearing boy sixty nine. A Green Day fans will recognise that from the first. First record. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. That's almost as bad as I remember this Like this girl came to school because she she just made her email herself and she was like, Make, got an email last night. It's like, it was the, by the way, if anyone's listening doesn't understand that, why would you come in and say, I got an email? It was the thing to have. Like, it was, it was <laughs> like having a Ferrari back then. It was, oh, you've got an email. She came in dead confident and was like, I uh, made myself an email like on MSN, so uh, you boys can all chat to me. I'm like, all right, what is it? And without even blinking, she was just like, yeah, it's female shafts at MSN.com. <laughs> I remember bursting out laughing. And she was like, what are you laughing at? I went, female shaft. And she went, yeah, like the, the cool detective. I was like, shaft is what men call a penis. <laughs> <laughs> female oh. shaft is such an oxymoron. And on that note, talking of females. Oh, okay. oh segue. That's a, segue. Pretty, that's a pretty good segue. But before we actually go into our discussion... <laughs> JB. It was a wasted segue. <laughs> it's a wasted segue. <laughs> we'll go back to Shaft in a minute. Um, before we go into our discussion. We'll go to females in a minute. We're yeah. staying with Shaft, are we? Staying with Shaft. We're three white blokes in you know, our 30s. This is how it's going to go, isn't it? Talking about females in comics and <laughs> I know, yeah. I am aware of the degree of, I don't know if it's irony or... Or something. There is something lost here by the fact that us three have to talk about it. But in the same sense, this is a free world. We're allowed to talk about it. We don't think we should be talking about it. That in itself is sexist. So fuck <laughs> off. Exactly. Plus, Chris is vegan. So that's as close to being woke as I am. Just I'm, being yeah, in well, proxy to that. I'm half so. vegan and vegetarian. I like, that's uh, still, like dairy. That's still more than what I am because, I mean, the closest to the female debate I can get is the fact that I eat too much and I have breasts bigger than most women at this point. <laughs> so, Before we go into our discussion, JB, we have actually met Graham in person. You may not remember, but it was many years ago. Over the water okay. and under the table. Do you remember that night in Birkenhead? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, over the water, under the table night. Yeah, yeah that terrible night. Well, we uh, went to this gig, and I think Graham's band were headlining. But it oh, was yeah. was he the was he the band you you knew you knew the band and I knew the... I, I knew Redemption. We actually got to see them play. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't actually that. get to see AMFX play because um, we had to catch like the last train or bus, so we left yeah. early. I went over and like bought a shirt off Graham, and then we had to leave. Uh, but it was like a weird. Um, it was a weird one because everyone was dressed in like onesies 
except from us. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like see, a weird, compl- like, mufty day at school. I had <laughs> not seen... I completely forgot about the onesie thing until uh, Ben from Redemption was speaking about it last night. And I was like, oh, God, there was onesies there. Was <laughs> I wearing a onesie? I can't remember. I don't own a onesie. Did I rent one for it? Or did I just not be cool enough for this show that I'm head, you know, we're headlining and I'm the front man of this band, supposedly, and I'm the one that's not taking part in all of this. Like, oh, it was no. such a bizarre. I, feel... I mean, how, how the was... Morrissey of the onesie world? How was the gig? Because we actually missed it. Uh, if I could remember, it would be a start. That's not to say, Chris, you can't even remember if he had a onesie on. <laughs> I mean, this is borderline a decade ago at this oh, point. Oh, don't, don't. That's terrifying. I would I... have to say I was sober, though. That's the only thing I remember because. On those tours, I did all the driving for both bands in the van. So the chances are I was very, very much sober and aware of everything that was going on around me. But that just adds to the family Alzheimer's that this runs in the family, so I can't remember nothing. <laughs> but yeah, that's the um, the tedious link that we have, I guess, back to that weird night. I remember rightly, either on the walk there or the walk back, randomly, didn't someone just throw over like a 20 foot wall a tire? It just came over the wall. <laughs> Do you remember that? It landed about 10 foot in front of us, and we looked at each other, and you were like, Why did someone just throw a tire over that wall? And I went, Not to mention, how did they throw it 20 foot over a wall? Also, if we'd been th- where it landed, we'd be dead. We're in Birkenhead, no- mate. I'm say, yeah, that's Birkenhead, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah. it's weird that but anyway oh, so <laughs> going back to what we're here for so the reason um why i wanted us to tackle this issue with dc's women problems is primarily because all three of us are huge batgirl fans but more specifically yes. uh the reason why i asked graham to come on the pod is because i was having a conversation with him on instagram after i posted my news at Anna pop um so basically, Graham pitched me the most amazing Birds of Prey animated TV series, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the conversation started with me and Graham agreeing that Batgirl and Zatanna both get overlooked constantly by DC. And in the comics, Graham said that he wants Batgirl to have a far bigger role in Gotham, maybe even have a crossover-centered event like the Batman-Robin war thing that they had. And for Zatanna, mm. uh, he wants her to have her own series that doesn't constantly feature Constantine. And all of this I 100% agree with. So if, if that any of that was worth its salt or waiting gold, we're, you know, we'd live in a better world. But sadly, I'm just some guy from the UK that has no contacts with DC. They can just, like, put them <laughs> on the side. You know? <laughs> so, well, we'll tweet this at them or something. <laughs> we'll I was going to say, if my, my introduction to Zatanna, funnily enough, was through the TV... It was through um, Batman the Animated Series, and it was in one of the episodes. It shows Bruce when he's younger, and he's he's when this is when he was traveling and training, and he 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 travels with Zatanna uh, and her dad, and he's teaching her how magic works and you know illusions and tricks. That's what he wants to learn. He wants to learn like you know the the quick hand gestures and movements, so he can like basically steal stuff and be a brilliant ninja. And I remember Zatanna in that is just like. She's young, obviously she's young, and she has a little bit of an eye for him, but it's all kept very kind of like, will they, won't they, Ross and Rachel. 
She isn't played like a bimbo or anything like that. Oh, help me, Bruce, or anything. She's a really, like, well, it's Batman animated series. Every character's amazing in that. But I remember, like, watching that and then nothing, never heard from her again, never seen her again until um, I either, can't remember, did I pick up a comic and she was in? Or was it, she was in, was she a Justice League dark animated film? Like about a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, Jesus, I was I was talking to Graham about that, um, and I enjoyed it. I actually, on a whole, really enjoyed the DC animated stuff. But it has to be said, in that film, she does get sidelined for a little bit, and the whole Constantine relationship thing kind of overshadows a lot of it. Yeah, because he's a bad man from Merseyside, though. <laughs> God, from he's, he's the one that threw the tire yeah. he levitated it over the wall he's from the head he's from the Birkenhead <laughs> actually that's that's funny as well because the guy that plays Constantine Matt Ryan he's Welsh isn't he well there you go see it's all it's all coming together it's it's <laughs> if only we knew where these influential people lived that we could have this conversation face to face with them and pitch to be fair yeah, though I, I met Matt Ryan at Wales Comic Con and he's a really nice fella and I went up to him with a bit of a chip on my shoulder, being like, oh, I bet he never even read any of the comics before he did the role, you know. And I asked him <laughs> if he did, and it turned, he started listing off all these series and all these writers. Turns out he's read more Constantine than me. I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> you just yeah. walked away under your breath. Like, well done. <laughs> and he's yes. a really nice guy as well. I was like, oh, <laughs> You just didn't like it was because he still didn't nail the Scouse accent, was I know, it? That for was you? it. I don't, it's like you live that close to Liverpool. Surely you could at least try. Because he does sound... Everybody can do a Scouse accent. <laughs> like, it, no matter how bad it is, there's a variation of it. There's always someone that, you know... It's not like Beatles Scouse anymore, is it? It's not It's not Ringo <laughs> like, oh, the thing about the Beatles is, you know, it's not low-pitched through the nose. <laughs> Anybody can just... And bear in mind, most of my friends are Scouse. I go up every other week for the football, so I hopefully can get away with this. It's more... Ah, in it? It's throat nowadays. You can get away yeah. with it. All he had to do was be like, eh, I'm going to put some magic on it. It sounds like Jamie yeah. Carragher on speed. And you would have been like, Scouse accent, it's fine. Nobody can understand it, but it's, it's true to form. Well done. Well done, Matt. Yeah, so going back to what we said about the whole Justice League Dark thing, um, it is true that like the male characters get focused on a lot more. You know, the whole Constantine has always got to be in it, Batman's in it. And, yeah, Zatanna well got sidelined in that animated movie, I thought, because she was, like, injured and got, like, put to the side, didn't she, for the last act? Yeah, I I mean, I feel right. So here's my issue with Zatanna, right? And this is why she'll always be good in a comic, but never in anything live-action or animated. One, the spells she does is just the word backwards, which... I like in the comic. It's fun to I, read. I remember the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes it fun to read. It makes you know what the spell is about, what they're going to do. And obviously still, it, it's kind of like, it, it works. It just works for that. It does not work in a spoken form. It comes off as being like almost lazy. Like you can't think of a spell to, for them to do. And secondly for me, she dresses like a cruise ship a magician's assistant. They need to update a <laughs> look. They oh. need to do something. Them fighting words, JB. That's a trademark. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't want them she, to turn them. In, you don't want them to turn her into that. Like, it's awful Harley Quinn now with like the pink and red bunches. No, you know? no, no. Because she already is Harley Quinn. She's already wearing something that is not by any means practical in any way. Fishnets from 
foot from toe all the way up to the waist, and I'm wearing a leotard in with a waistcoat with made to look like a little tuxedo and with a little top hat on. She just honestly, you could show that to people and go, "Who do? You, what does she look like?" And there will be a large percentage of people go. Is she in Playboy? Is she a stripper girl? <laughs> if, if, you, if, you, if she became like a big hero, they couldn't market her fancy dress. Uh, they couldn't market anything to do with oh, her. I, she, I don't know. I, all, all the, see, uh, the thing all, is all with the it. Thoughts would love that on Halloween. Oh, God. It, you give many excuses to show a bit of leg nowadays. Christ almighty, and that includes myself. <laughs> like, sorry. But, I mean, the thing is with that outfit, that's like you say, in comics, the character, through the TV, whenever she, she's always been this stage magician. Mm-hmm. Like you say, mm-hmm. in the animated series, that's how she was introduced. It was the st- So, as a stage magician look, yeah, you can get away with that. You can play on it a little bit. But then, like you say, when it comes to the, the real nitty gritty of some sort of superheroing, you, you, well, she could easily just, like you say, say something backwards and all of a sudden she's in jeans and a jacket. And I, I, there were, I can't remember what run it was. I think it was like the new 52 when it first launched. And she looked, she dressed more like a biker chick. But like with, Jessica with, Jones. Yeah. No, it I'm was gonna, very along I'm those lines. Google that now. more practical. But she still had some sort of fishnet design at some point. Mm-hmm. I think it was on her arms or lace gloves or something. You know, it was one of those kind of like, oh, we're going to do a modern take on it. And I thought, that would work for me in a, in a TV show. But like you say, so long as you give enough honorary screen time or, you know, what are your know, page time to just that yeah, iconic look at it. Yeah, no. You he, can get away with it kind of thing. He's Bob on the money here. So they did play with uh, jumping back to the old costume every so often. But it's shown that mostly her costume was black pants uh with uh and said it's a blue jacket instead of a black jacket and then she's wearing like a is it a corset it's like you know like a, a woman's corset that goes all the way up uh, but the corset is patterned very similar to how a tuxedo would be with white down the front and then blue on the right it, and then she's wearing gloves and it looks it's more practical and it still makes her look like a so magician that, she looks like, yeah. You that's can put a top hat on anyone in there, a magician, essentially, as well. That's that's also, like, the other iconic part of her look, yeah, is, it's, like, it's, the bow sides. That's, what's, and that's what Sutty did, didn't he? Sutty just put a top hat on, and he was exactly. a magician. and he's magic, Sutty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, something you mentioned, Graham, was that um, there's a lot of... I wonder if Sutty ever wore fishnets now, <laughs> like, underneath the table. <laughs> like, there was no hand up his ass. It was literally, he just was... The you know, human leg fishnets in the most freaky thing you've ever imagined. That's horrendous. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, something else you mentioned about the whole Justice League Dark thing and, you know, having Z- Zatanna handled correctly in that was that there was lots of death, darkness and bleakness and that you wanted it to be, like, more fun at its core. Yeah, I, I think that's... I know it's a stick that everybody beats DC with, and I don't mind them being darker than, say, Marvel or whatnot. But I think when they double down on it for some... like It's almost like they think they have to out-dark themselves with every next project project they do. And it's just like, okay, okay, we get it, you're gritty. It's like, you know, the, the new Batman coming out, rumours are now he's going to be more intense than what he was in the Dark Knight trilogy. And they're playing that off as a publicity stunt. You're thinking... Oh, good God, the man's going to have a migraine constantly. He's just going to be wound that tight. 
Like, I'm going to get a migraine just by watching him frown all the time. It's, it, I just think there's something about the escapism of it all. And, yeah, I get the whole, you know, you can make it more real world and you know a bit more dark and gritty to reflect society in certain lights and aspects. But at the core of it, you want a bit of escapism. And the best way to do that in a comic book, and especially a superhero one, you know, it's... It doesn't have to be fun, fun, but just you know, just a bit of more fun. I enjoy me fun when it comes. Well, you know. I was going to say, I've got some, uh, I've got some, a uh, little bit of tidbits here for you. Whilst I've been looking up New Fifty Two Zatanna, right? So Zatanna has been played live action before. Do we? Do you know this? Uh, Smallville or something along those lines, I guess. Yes. Something I didn't yes. watch last. Last three seasons of Smallville, she was played, um, and I'm not going to lie, I, I, she does look like a stripper. So <laughs> that, that just proves my point. I'm seeing pictures of her now. The other bit, which is literal news, just came through eight hours ago. So here's a tidbit for you, Chris. Um, breaking news. Breaking oh. news. Matt Ryan from Const- uh, wants Constantine to meet Zatanna. In Legends of Tomorrow. Mm. Oh, there you go. She'll get sidelined in that then as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another, another series where it'll be a Constantine-driven plot. And I like Constantine. <laughs> and but again, and it's, it's, uh, it, Constantine's the male equivalent of Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they know he's a great character and they've just bludgeoned you over the head to death with him constantly. And like you say, because they do that, other characters that... I don't want to say deserve the spotlight because they're, they're fictional entities and nobody really deserves anything in that regard. But yeah, there's, there's just missed opportunities, I would say, by them playing, yeah, playing safe, I would say. Like you say, Harley Quinn, the Constantine, like, it, it, I, I've never watched any of the CW stuff, really. Never never got into it. So I, I've not seen Constantine in Legends of Tomorrow, was it? But I assume that he has no place to be there and they've shoehorned him in as best they could because Constantine is popular. I don't know. Legends of Tomorrow breaks some like weird stuff. It like does like dimension hopping and time traveling and stuff. Like recently they in Legends of Tomorrow met um, what's she called from Doom Patrol, Chris? Crazy Jane. Yeah, so they met Crazy Tra- Dr- Jane from Doom Patrol. <laughs> it was but- a crazy train then. Like, I best superhero Ozzy Osbourne crossover ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that she is, she's only in the DC universe, and isn't even that's a whole kettle of fish on its own. But basically, they've met a character outside of their own um, continuity, basically from almost. another show. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Um, and yeah, oh, let's not get into this now. If you want to know, you know. <laughs> Um, but there's a big, there's a campaign, a small campaign to get uh, Jenna Coleman to play <gasps> a. Oh. oh, wow, that would be amazing. I think we've just heard Chris climax. That's, know, that's right? really off-putting. I mean, you've probably heard it many times before, I but mean, like, this is I mean, like only I think my third time hearing that, and it's still unnerving. <laughs> like, no, I know it's. I know he hasn't climaxed because we'd be hearing him weeping now for forty minutes. <laughs> Oh, mate, that's such a good call. I've never even thought of it. Oh, what, the, what, the crying? 
Also, oh, want to mention God. that I've met Jenna Coleman in person, and she's amazing. <laughs> He's met Jenna Coleman in person and sweated on her. I did, <laughs> but the thing is, like, I got a picture. How many Constantines have you read? How many Constantines <laughs> have you read, Jenna? <laughs> That's just his go-to question like, uh... after everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just meets any person, any famous person. Did you like, want that tire at us? Did you? No! Go away, then! <laughs> Even good. in a job interview, in a job interview. <laughs> so, do you, do you have any questions for us, Chris? Uh, yes. How many Constantines have you read? <laughs> it was really awkward though when I met Jenna Colbert because I had this photo up with her. It was in Blackpool, and um, you know what it's like. It's like a sausage factory. You just you know go along, take your picture, then off you go. And I stood next to her, put my arm around her because she put her arm around me. I was like, okay, it's, it's cool to do this, you know. And then I didn't Contact's know. Contacts initiated by the female. It's yeah. fine until yeah. I didn't know whether like I could like like not squeeze her, but you know like put you know when you like wrap your fingers round like the shoulder or whatever the, the waist. I didn't know whether I could do that. So the picture was kind of my fingers hovering around her, and then when the picture was taken, I gave her a squeeze and walked away. See, we are definitely the three best people to talk about females in comics, aren't we? Like, uh, I mean, I did tip my fedora as well to her. <laughs> you gentlemen, you. I'm glad that wasn't a euphemism. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's move on uh, to the, the Harley Quinn cartoon, because that's something that's definitely fun. And I'd say yeah, a pretty I mean, good I translation. On, I have to catch up on season two. Um, oh, you bragger! Well, I've only seen episode uh, one of season one because it's on oh, Channel Four now. Isn't it? I've seen yeah. one full episode, and the rest have been just clips I've mungled. To, mungled? That's not a word. Mangled. That is now. I'm that. I've, I've mungled them together. It's fine <laughs> to create pretty much ninety percent of episodes as I go <laughs> along. And it's like you say. It's yeah. It's R-rated, and there's blood, there's guts. So it's the DC kind of you know twist on it. But like you say, it's just at its core fun. Is it a Deadpool it... ripoff though? Uh, I does don't it know. Matter? With it being animated, it just gives it that little. It gives you that bit of leeway from live action. What, what would you? What makes you think it's a Deadpool ripoff, Chris? What? What? What is it? The what? What well, is specifically? It's the same problem that I had with the Birds of Prey movie, right? Um, it's oh, I'm gonna get something here because JB loved that film. As a film, I loved it. Like if I were, if it was a you know just a one-off film, very enjoyable. Yeah, you know, I can deal with it. Just as a fan of the likes of Black Canary and stuff like that. Yeah. Ah, oh, I was seething. <laughs> but I more mean, on that later. Go back. Sorry, I've interrupted. Yeah, no. The, the problem I had with that was, I mean, it wasn't really a problem. It was more of a comment that it was a dead rip-off of the first Deadpool film. You know, beat for beat, there was, like, the meta, the flipping forward in time and then back and then telling the story in a different sort of way. It just... It felt way too obviously just taken from that film, you know, just, like, DC's attempt at, okay, let's do Deadpool, but with Harley Quinn. See that that's one of my complaints of that film before I even you've said that and you I've never thought of it like that because I literally gave it no other thought after I left that cinema pretty much but you're right because I say I always said as a narrative that would have been better just going a b c and have been fine but like you say with it jumping back in time not not only did it confuse me 
But you're right, it's just the same formula as Deadpool. It's like New Hope, Force Awakens. It's a beat for beat kind of thing. Yes, it's different in some regards, but pretty much it is what it is. It was, for, for me, it was just far too similar, and I couldn't stop thinking the whole way through, oh, this is just such a Deadpool rip, you know. Oh, um, see, I, right. I went through it thinking, where's Barbara? Where's Barbara? Where's Barbara? <laughs> yeah, and Where's Barbara? Why is that? Why is that? The, the credits are going. Is we going to get after credit, Barbara? No, we're not. We're not. Okay, then fuck you and walked out. <laughs> yeah, and why is that girl called Cassandra Kane? Like, oh. <laughs> what? <sighs> right. Stop. I didn't know you meant the film. I thought you were losing to the cartoon. Oh no, no. Sorry, I've gone on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> I'm talking about we were we were t- talking about the cartoon. I said, yeah, the cartoon's fine. Um. But is Birds of Prey was Birds of Prey a bit of a Deadpool ripoff? Now you've now you've said that I agree with you, but I didn't see it. And if I'm honest, hmm, if I'm honest, the one thing that I would say that, that may gives them a clear d- difference is Deadpool's self-aware. Like he's in a film, and half of the jokes are like. It's just basically making a joke about the industry. Whereas I found that in that the jokes were just genuine. Like the script yeah. was all about them interacting with each yeah. other. The jokes were in universe with Birds of Prey, whereas Deadpool like ramps meta up to uh, you know eleven mm-hmm. out of ten. Um, but like you say, Harley Quinn kind of makes I don't know. There's other stuff that does it that I found far more enjoyable, though, even with that in-universe kind of... I mean, again, back to... Trying to get back on topic slightly. I mean, have you ever come across the... um, I showed it to one of my nieces, and it turned out I enjoyed it far more. Um, Not Teen Titans Go, what's the other one? Um, DC Superhero Girls. Oh, I've not watched the show, but I've read, like, three comic book day comics on it. Like, the show itself is, like you say, that's the same as what the Harley Quinn movie did and all of these in joke references that they kind of it's almost a wink at a camera to like the diehard DC fan they play that off better in that cartoon than what that movie did for me mm. and like you said I, I really like I said, I was trying to show right. okay movies. right what what I've what I've gathered already from this is that there's three sections of DC here you've got gritty the, the tough and gritty side. Doobie. You've got you've got the trying to the comedy side, and then you've got the parody side where it makes fun of itself. So oh yeah, going the, the through, Teen Titans Go is fantastic for that. Yeah. So in each one of those sections, are women portrayed well by them? Like out of comics in any in live action or animated. I think I mean, you get better, think... better in the animated than what you do probably I mean, even in the comic books to a degree. I feel I felt like and Chris will disagree with me a little on some of this, but I feel like Wonder Woman Wonder Woman is a fantastic film. The only thing that lets it down is actually Ares, not Wonder Woman. Once Gal Gadot is perfect in oh, that. Oh yeah, she's fantastic in that film. And the and the and and in Aquaman I think. Oh, I uh, hate that film. Mira, yeah, Mira, that gave me my fantastic game. in that. Mira, I, lo- I really like Mira no, in that. I, I, I'm sorry, she was dog shite in that. <laughs> <laughs> she 
See, I'm not too familiar with Mira or Aquaman as characters because it's just something that I've never bothered to pick up and read. Uh, but that movie just in general just gave me a migraine, especially that last 20 minutes. I, I, I just completely forgot any plot points they may have done with poor old Mira. <laughs> it was just noise and colour. It was beautiful. Oh, no. Anyway, let's, giant crabs. Let's not giant talk about fighting in the sea. Going to throw a tire at you for that. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> CGI wank fest, though, wasn't it? It was just, and it looks worse than the Phantom Menace. I mean, how is that even possible? It doesn't look worse than the Phantom Menace. Do not lie. It is, <laughs> it is that it is future proof. The fact it's all underwater, they can't even do fake water in Phantom Menace. And you're impressed with oh, it's all CGI. Your favourite films have the worst practical effects known to man. Give me practical effects any day. Miniatures, paintings, the lot. Love it. There's a charm to realism. There is a charm. But but there's there's nothing realistic about anything in the film Halloween, so it can get fucked. (laughs) Let's talk about DC women. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you get the feeling this is going to be like a five-part anthology series by the time we're done just going on something constantly? (laughs) I've put forward who I think's been done well. I think think Harley Quinn's done really well in the Harley Quinn show, and I think... um, I'm trying to go... I feel there's nothing about Teen Titans that... Oh, um... In, tight, in the actual show, Titans, I feel like all the girls kick ass in that. Yeah, I, lo- I actually love that show. I mean, I was, like, so wrong. Like, when I saw the pictures come out of that and, like, the cast and, you know, the costume designs and that, I was just trash-talking it. But then when I actually watched it, I was like, yeah, this is actually really good and I quite like um, what they've done with this, you know. Even Hawk and Dove. Yeah, that was cool. See, I need to give that a try. I think I've got about three episodes in and then just tailed off for some reason, just having gone back to Titans. But like you say, originally when all that came out again, it was more DC going, look at our gritty version of Titans. Oh, yeah, it is very gritty. Like you say, and that was hot off the back of, was it Justice League or Batman versus Superman? It was the point where, like you say, everybody just went, oh, fuck fuck's sake not again like <laughs> that's what but that, that's why wonder woman did well because it was hopeful there was there was a there was a charm to that movie where they actually made her the central character and actually portrayed her well in it you know the fear out of water thing always works in these films apart from when you mirror in the desert because <laughs> you can't act for shit but that's amber heard's problem not the character Wonder Woman was directed by what was her name? Patty Jenkins. Yes. So again, I'm saying that with confidence, but (laughs) so it helps have the eyes of a woman to show like what what would be, what it should be, what to portray a woman best in some cases. Not in every case, no. Otherwise, you couldn't have women portraying men, um, direct male centered films, but it helps. Yeah, so, there's, there's always got to be a, a give and take with these things. And like I say, I think that's where some of the book, like I say, again, going back to the comics, some of the comics, when they've worked, when it comes to pushing the female to the front, you know, the female character to the front, the, the majority of the time, it's been a female writer. 
or a, fe- mm. a female editor, and they, you know, it's the, something just clicks with it, like you say. I mean, as much as we, us blokes, would like to think we know the female, we do not. The female is, is an illusion to us. We we are scum, essentially, on their feet, and they, you know, like you say, there's a voice there. I mean, Gail Simone is like the one I'll always go to for, you know, when it comes to female dialogue that even I can kind of relate to. She's the queen of it. Mm, like, as a bloke, you know, five five ladies in a fictional universe that all have superpowers eating pizza should not be the best part of that book. But it is every time she writes it. Yeah, speaking of Gail Simone, this is what you wanted to... You wanted her to get on board with your pitch for the animated oh, Birds of Prey series. So talk a little bit about that. Or do you want me to say... Do you want me to tell you what you've said? Uh, yeah, tell me what, because I can't bloody remember. So, <laughs> Graham wants... Let alone 10 years ago, I can't remember what I said yesterday. <laughs> Graham wants Barbara as the lead, as either Oracle or Batgirl, and then have the, support, have the supporting cast around her involved in separate missions from week to week, almost like a brave and the bold, but less goofy. Uh, that way you can have guests per week, like Harley, Zatanna, uh, and... He also said, base it in the Bruce Tim timeline universe. That's right. Mm-hmm. I remember. It's all coming back to me now. They say, if you put it in the Bruce Tim thing, people will jump on it because it's the Bruce Tim universe mm-hmm. again. I mean, I think they've just brought out a new comic for the Batman animated show. Yes, like, they have. And everybody's gone mental just for this comic because it's set in that universe. Well, you so know, people this... still want that universe because it was the perfection. That's where DC absolutely nailed it week in, week out. Yeah, it was farcical at times, but it was a cartoon. But then it still was, you know, so much more deep and meaningful than some of the crap that they've, you know, they've piled out since. Just the, give um, me that. You know, the Apocalypse War that they've just released. Sadly, yes. Yeah, you I mean... haven't watched it yet. Oh, the the new. DC animated movie, yeah, it's yeah. the it's the final right. one. Yeah, it's the final one, mm. but that's because it's meant to be like all oh, that. It's just it's, it's just because Graham said like of the Bruce Tim universe. Technically, that Batman in that Apocalypse War is meant to be the same Batman from Batman the animated series. Batman the animated series is meant to be the start of the animated universe. Then they did Justice League. Um, am I right? Do they call it Justice League, or do they give it another name, Chris? After that, the cartoon. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I think yeah, it's just... um, this. These new, um, these new animated films. They're not, from what I remember, not that I want to be no, a dick and no, like I, correct. I'm pretty but sure you're right there. It's but... its own separate yeah. thing because they launched it with the new Fifty Two, or just after, and based it on the Did new Fifty Two. With yeah. yeah, and they started it with uh, Flashpoint. I think mm-hmm, that's right. So oh, that, that's no, like right. its own. So right. that universe that, that started, that, so this is like their MCU, essentially. Yeah. You know, yeah. The 20 movies no, that they've right. done. Um, right. The latest film that's, that's coming out, I think it's like this week it's released, isn't it? Because I've got it on pre-order, the Blu-ray. And, um, out. Out. It should be on its way to me any day now. But this is like their, uh, basically their end game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say no, I'm you're, you're, it. I can't yeah. wait for it. I thought you enjoyed the, uh, the, the animated movies, dude. I like some of them, but again, just it's like it's so hit and miss. Like, mm. let's let's keep it on topic with uh, the Wonder Woman films. So you have there's Wonder Woman Blood and Wonder Woman. Uh, there's another one. 
that they did. Oh, you're talking about Bloodlines. So Bloodlines. That's that's the one that came then, out last year. And then there's been, there was one before that. Um, let me just quickly look it up. But the one last year was god awful. I I I was laughing at it so hard after about twenty minutes. Um, I paused it, and that's when I messaged you and went, "Please watch this with me. It will be the funniest shit we ever watch." It's a um, shame that because that Wonder Woman movie that came out like, oh, when was it? It was a while ago now. Two thousand and nine. That's the other thing with those films, though. These animated films, it's the same with DC. They're so disjointed because some of these animated films that have been released during this period when they've done this animated universe aren't set in that animated universe. It's yeah, like all the films. Yeah. They're not connected. Are they connected? No, they're not. The Nolan things itself and all you know, the Superman thing. And it's just like, pick a lane. Because this is, <laughs> this, is where, this is where they're kind of, for me, they're falling down with, like say, not showcasing some of the female characters well enough because they don't give them time because they've got that many versions of Batman now yeah. and Wonder Woman and Superman that they just retread the same steps but just package it differently. It's a real like, shame that that 2009 Wonder Woman animated movie didn't go on to you know progress onto other things because it was so fucking good. And like I watched perfect. all I watched all the behind the scenes like documentaries on it on like you know the Blu-ray extras and that. And they were like proper, like they had, they had promised that they were going to, you know, take that version of Wonder Woman into other movies and maybe even do a TV series on it. It was so. See, good. That's the thing as well. Like you said, and some of these have also like not span out from the Bruce Tim stuff. Though, like he's been a producer he, on it. He was to involved get people in on that. board with it, yeah. but they're not set in that universe. Like yeah. that universe that we all fell in love with. Well, I assume everybody fell in love the same as me with DC because of the Batman animated series, Justice League. Uh, Justice League Unlimited, Batman Beyond. That's its own little thing. And then everything else that's come out, I think it was a Batman and Harley Quinn a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah. Never watched it because they were just like, hey, look, the art style's the same as Bruce Tim. Yeah. But I mean, it's not the Bruce Tim universe. But yeah. these are essentially the same characters that you watched in the Bruce Tim universe, but they're not. And it's just, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, if you're going to do it, go back to I that universe. Tell you, I can tell you exactly what happened, Chris. So in 2009, they, obviously they made that it was, animated. Just want to point out, it's directed by Lauren Montgomery. So there we go, right. female, female at the helm of that, and it We're was two for great. two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, so I think they decided to go with rather than do a Wonder Woman animated series, they decided to do a Wonder Woman series, a TV series, in 2011. And do we all know what happened with that? I'd imagine no. watch it, <laughs> so, it, there's a pilot you can watch. I've never watched it. It stars a. Uh, I, oh, I can never pronounce oh, the name. Live action. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is awful. I saw it on IMDb because I can't. I really wanted to find the pilot to watch, but I can't find it anywhere. All I can find is like commentary on it. Yeah, but I mean, I, if, I you, I, if you look it up on IMDb now, just look at the thumbnail, like uh, the costume they've used for it, and oh my god. It's, it's, you know... I mean, can it be, like, uh, this may be controversial again, but is it is it any more shoddy looking than some of the CW stuff that I've put oh. myself through? Well, like, it, they can't even get a title card right. That's a pretty like, good segue, is it, into the <laughs> god-awful <laughs> Batwoman TV series. See, I, I, what, how many are you in? Because I'm, I, like... 
boring just, and it's background telling for me. Just about stomached the first episode. Can't do any more. I struggle to get through that. I mean, it is so bad. The acting is just awful. I mean, and what's with the ridiculously low budget? It looks like it's filmed on an iPhone. Like, <laughs> I just see, can't I haven't believe paid, it. See, I haven't paid that much attention because, uh, like you say, I, I put it on in the background when I'm on the computer doing work, and it's it's perfect background telly because I don't pay attention to it. Something loud happens, I turn around and see something <laughs> happen. Don't really take it in, move on, kind of. But again, the Batwoman's not a character that I'm too familiar with. The same as like Aquaman and Mira, so I don't know if they're bastardizing the character or not. Well, and the thing it, is, they've got the basic idea right um, for you know the, the premise of the story and her origin and that. But I mean, Ruby Rose, she's not an actor. Like, she's awful. Like, you know, nail she's... on the head, nail on the head. That is exactly the issue with that. They've got everything right in the sense of the telling the correct story. They've been true to the costume and true to the origins. Um, but, yeah, Ruby Rose, who looks like her as well, when they picked her, I was like, damn, that looks like her. And Eve was excited because Eve loves Ruby Rose. She thinks she's an amazing model. Um, and she's well, been she's in some... Model. Yeah, she's been oh, no. in some great music videos. Wasn't and Eve she was like, oh, Orange is the New Black as well? Possibly, yeah. Um, but then... Eve was like, oh, tell me about Batwoman. And I, was like, I told her, and she's like, oh, I want to watch it, I want to watch it. And we got about 10, 15 minutes in, and Eve just got her phone out and went, this is awful. And she went, and she really can't act. And uh, this... it, 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 it's just, it's Ruby Rose. That's how they've got it wrong. And I know you're saying, oh, it looks like it's been filmed on an iPhone, but that's the CW shows, and I kind of yeah. like that about them. I, I like the cheesy Superman and uh, you know, Lois and Clark look about them. I really enjoy that. It harkens me back. Yeah, I, I mean, don't give a shit. You know, Flash is okay. Um, but the thing is with this, it's like, it's got 20 episodes greenlit, hasn't it, or something like that. I mean, how is that possible that a show like this can get that many episodes greenlit when Swamp Thing gets, like, cancelled at, like, eight or something before oh, it even, yeah, before yeah, it even this, airs? Like, see, this is where DC, like, and I think this is their biggest downfall when it comes to their female characters they always take the risk with them. Like you say, they put a model in for Batwoman. You know, again, you know, these, these times nowadays, like you say, you want a female fronted show. So you, you pull out all the stops for it. Luckily they've done it with Stargirl looks. And from what I've read of the reviews, they've actually put the effort into that and actually thought, no, we'll do this right. Whereas a lot of the time they just kind of throw stuff. I mean, you know, the killing joke animated movie. The first half of that, you're like, Batgirl gets a, a whole story, and it's like you're thinking, "Gosh, she's going to get a bit of a push." She here. gets it's more than a whole story, mate. She gets a whole Wayne in her. Yeah, and I say Shaft. in and out again, and then. But like you say, that's the problem. They took the chance with that character and just baptized it instead of just saying, "Let's let's grab from any one of the you know the variations of this character that they've had for gone fifty odd years at this point." They always take the risk with the female characters. For some reason, like you say, they played um, uh, Arrow. I went off Arrow very quickly because they were just like, "We're gonna if all the characters we're gonna do something drastically different with, it's gonna be Black Canary." And you're just like, "Really? Yeah, really." She's a better character than Green Freaking Arrow, like first and foremost. So 
why are you they always like you say and it always I, it's probably just me noticing things and putting two and two together and getting five but it just seems they always take the risk when it comes to the female lead decks and that's why we have so many batman and so many superman retreading because like you say they always played the safe bet with them have you noticed as well in a lot of the uh bruce tim produced animated movies they go a little bit pervy have you noticed that? Like, you know, the Batman, oh. there's, there's always like a little, like, weird pervy scene. Like the Batman Harley Quinn one. She's like trying on lingerie or something when Dick's like um, chained to the bed or something. There's always like a oh, weird, yeah. there's always like a weird scene and like Killing Joke again. Like, you know, Bap shagging Bruce, you know, it's just like. Well, the whole, like you say, that character that they put her up against, I don't mind, like you say, the bad guy being. A you know literal you know, it's a you know play by play pervert because there are perverts out there and we all like to see the pervert get their ass kicked or have a tile thrown at them. Not saying which one of you is the pervert, Chris, <laughs> but you know it's good to hear about. It's good to see when the bad you know the absolute snotball gets to come up. But again, you've got that many Batman characters that you can play them off that have a history that would make you connect to it. And like you say, they just went for the most seedy version of it like it was borderland rapey at one point and you were just like oh this is how we're you've portraying just, barbara gordon now you've yeah. just reminded me of the suicide squad animated film oh, I, think, I, don't know I was gonna watch that today damn it i don't know it's if i don't know if the first one no there's if, if there's two isn't there arkham um, assault on Ar- arkham assault on arkham have you never seen that no i got it downstairs on blu-ray and i had it about to watch today and I didn't. All right, well, um, later. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't want to ruin it for you, so I won't say. But all I say is, there's one female character in it who ends up shagging another character, and I was like, "What? That's just kind of like out of nowhere." Um, <laughs> and the uh, another character. Um, hold on, where are they? And I need to see Killer Croc. Killer, Killer Croc gets, like, weirdly, like, flirts with... What's her name? The one who's, like, is Ice Woman. What's her fucking name? Frost? Wow, guys. I want to say Frost. <laughs> Killer, Killer Frost. Is she called Killer Frost? No, that's from Mortal Kombat, isn't it? It could it's be Killer Frost, name. actually. Yeah, it might be. Hold on. I'm it's a generic to... name for an ice-based bad guy, so I'm going to go with Killer Frost. I'm going to put me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That, that's it. It's. I think it's King Shark. That's why it's because it's a Killer Croc, and it threw me off. So King King Shark and Killer Frost have like a weird, like very flirty relationship as it continues, and I just remember thinking at first, going, "Hey, it's funny," and by the end of it, going. Why, okay, guys, get a fucking room, boys. And this really isn't the time to I be doing this right At the now. end of the day, um, does it pass the Bechdel test? Is that what, is that what it's called? <laughs> Bech, Bech, Bechdel. I've heard the Bechdel test. What is that? It's basically... Um, Graham, you can explain it better than me, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, surprisingly not. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm going to say it's something to do with um, 
I'm gonna Google it, watch it without going. Oh god, that's horrible to that woman. Basically, <laughs> for example, there's a scene in like um, I want to say Incredibles two, where there's two women on the screen at the same time, and they're having a conversation where it's not about a man. That and that is basically it. Where there's Oh, of course, yeah, because there's always going to be... Men will not always be on screen talking about women, but women, yeah. whenever they're alone on screen, must be talking about them. Of course, yeah, okay. Um, I think, Kill it in jokes, I perfect think... example, again. You know, the whole point of Barbara's big fucking start to that movie to give her important character points was her pining over Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Like, man pain. Like, it's women in refrigerators, but just in a sexual way. I mean, like you say, the Bruce Tim stuff has always had that hint of sexuality mm-hmm. about it. And I think that's where it perfectly captured, like you say, kids and adults and everything. Because yeah, the characters are ridiculously curvy if you're a female and the blokes are always with their shirts off and ripped to God knows how high. But they never like went any further than just that. Whereas all the newer stuff, they it's like you say, it's like DC, they have to go they have to hit you over the head with, we're DC, we're a little bit darker, we're a bit more adult, we're a bit more gritty. So the sex is turned up by an extra notch or two. The violence is turned up by an extra notch or two. The darkness, and it's just like, stop it. You know, just just calm. They need to calm themselves. Yeah, and focus on, like, a bit of Characters. organic <laughs> character development rather than yeah. all that. Like, I, I won't be a Marvel uh, shill-like because, you know, but that's where Marvel has succeeded in the cinematic yeah. universe anyway because they built this empire. And I know it's it's been said to death, but they did. Whereas DC, like you say, even in like say, even in the comics a bit, you know, there's, you, you change over the, you know, the writer, but the editors are meant to be there to get some sort of continuity. But they just seem to allow them to do whatever they want with these characters and... Like you say, it's always the, it always seems to be the female characters that just get it the worst off mm-hmm. with DC. Like you say, I mean, you know, I, I was I was a bit of a fan of like the Burnside Batgirl. Yeah, it was all right, but I can see why people were a bit pissed off with it because it just went against sixty odd years of other character building that they did. Yeah, thought, oh, but that okay. series, I'd say, was going in the right direction. Definitely. Yeah, I, I like the newest stuff now as well, but. Every now and then, like you say, they'll just deliberately shoehorn a love interest because man pain. And they just say, they're not tiny teenagers, these, these women that kick ass. Why, why do you have to make it about that all the time? Because they're female, it has to involve romance at some stage. Yeah, I mean, do you remember when the, um, the penguin son popped in? Uh, <sighs> in one of the... <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it was... Well... Be- it was <laughs> uh, that's that's part of the after dark collection. <laughs> oh was, God! It, wow. The thing is that that book was beautifully drawn by our friend Chris Wildgoose. You know, um, but yeah, th- just including that character and it was like another sort of, you know, it just brings wow. the bring character back down to that level that you wanted to sort of progress from. Well, even even the current run now, like you say, because like you say, Batgirl is my favourite character in any fiction, not just comic books. I think Barbara Gordon is outstanding. Like you say, how they built that character to be very relatable to people. And she's got a Kind of did it slightly. But she is just the perfect arc. Yeah. She's the perfect arc. Again, she started it all because she just wanted to do good. Not because of pain or misery. Mm. She just wanted to do good. You know, and that's something that everybody deep down can relate to, even if they never act on it. 
at some point you want to stand up for the little guy. You want to, you know, you see a bully in the schoolyard, you want to lob a brick at his head and stop the fight. You know, it's one of these, you know, it's... Or a tire. Or a tire. <laughs> Especially late at night in Birkenhead. <laughs> but so, that's, and this is the thing, like you say, this is, you know, they, they've got all, you know, it's just beat for beat, like the perfect story. And then, let's say in this recent run, again, it's more man pain kind of, I think, like, who is it? Jason Bard, who's a character that's been around for a while. Itself. But in this new run, he was a bad guy like seven issues ago and tried to bomb people and actively tried to kill Batgirl. But then within five issues, she's having feelings for him. Mm. And you think, really? Really? You just couldn't write in just another character. Just somebody that doesn't kind of insult the intelligence of this character yeah, and exactly. the fan base that have followed this journey, even for this short period of time. So, it's just, I don't know. Like you say, it's just one of those. It's just they keep on having that issue across the board. That's why That's why two, two of my favourite characters to read are... Well, I, I, some of my favourite characters to read, by the way, are female characters. I think Chris can attest to this. Yeah. At one point, Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel. Yeah, I'm a, like, at one point I was getting Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, Silk. Um, God, I feel like I just, I was, everything was just female-based. I was picking up Spider-Woman. Uh, and all sorts, but the mo- the best things I've been reading have been New Fifty Two, uh, Wonder Woman has been great. And have you started I... on um, Rebirth Wonder Woman yet? No, no, no. I'm still getting through New Fifty. I'm going to finish New Fifty Two, and then I'm going to do Rebirth. But the reason I like, I enjoy that, and Captain Marvel is they're not pining over it. There's no love interest, and if it is, it's the same bloke and. They're more of a side character, almost in the sense that kind of like Lois Lane was to Superman back in yeah. the 90s. They don't um, dictate like, the plot in those books. They yeah, are characters yeah, yeah. that build a world, but don't force themselves into the narrative, basically. There's no, Which, there's no point where, where Diana is going, oh, but I kind of have feelings for Ares or anything like that. She's, she's always with um, Steve. What's his name? Steve. Trevor. Trevor, yeah, that's it. Steve, one of, oh, he's one of these. I, that's why I can never remember his name. It's two first names, and that's just not natural. Um, it's in Captain Steve, Kirk. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, Trevor, and if he's there, he's there. But if he's not, he's not. That's it. End of. To Marvel, it's always Rhodey or no one. End of. I think she's been involved with Tony Stark before, and that comes up every so often when she talks with Tony. But then it's just built on the the kind of dynamic they have now, and it what? makes the relationship a lot more interesting that they've been together before. But it was so long ago, and it's something that they don't go with. It's not even hinted like, "Oh, will they? Won't they?" It's no, they're never happening again. It was almost like when it was written, whoever wrote them together, they've kind of like said that was a bad idea, but we're going to use it to give these two <laughs> a really interesting relationship now where she they can based it on reality fun. is what they've done essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she can really ruin his life by just walking in and just being like hey i've seen your junk so i'm i've got no there's nothing about you that intimidates me whatsoever and it's it's great there's no i think kamala khan is marvel she's always been after one fella which is a mate and the, so will they won't they and then it's, it's a teen the teenagers so it's oh 
it's a bit more involved in that. But the cool again... thing about um, Kamala Khan and her book is that it's very much like Peter Parker, but then you've got the added dynamic of like her Muslim family, which is a really yeah. interesting thing to you know delve into and explore. Something that's never really been done before in the comic book industry. You well, know? not only that, the difference—the difference with Peter Parker and her—is it is a similar dynamic, except she's got a family. Yeah. yeah. Peter Parker just didn't. Peter Parker just had Aunt May. He did have an Uncle Ben, but he ruined that and the rice. And his mum and dad are gone, so it's just always him and Aunt May, and then keeping the secret from Aunt May. But it, it, you've now got the whole family dynamic. All so, these characters are very interesting, but because they don't have that stupid, oh, who's going to be the... It's almost like why I find James Bond boring. Oh, who in this film is James Bond going to bone? Here's a woman. Will it be her? Oh, no, it's going to be a woman. He's boning that woman right now. Oh, no, now the woman's turned on him. Doesn't like that woman anymore. The other woman's come back in the room. Oh, they've now killed that woman. Oh, he's boning that other woman. (laughs) That's every Bond film. Every yeah. I've just saved you all about forty years, twenty six films of shite. It's he's just, not wrong. That's it. So he's not wrong. He's really not bring, wrong. Bringing it back to Batgirl and Zatanna, we'll we'll probably try and wrap this up soon. I guess. Batgirl um, and Zatanna. Oh, that should be it. That's that's the title. Batgirl well, and Zatanna. I, like I, I a nineteen thing. <laughs> I would love to see both of these characters in live action. Now, I've got an idea of who I'd like to cast for both of them. So, who would you like to cast, and in what way would you like to see them introduced in the movies now? Who are you talking to? There's two of us, you knobhead. Either one. <laughs> well, that's Flip- great. <laughs> Flip a coin on this audio-based system. <laughs> All right, screw it. I'll go. I'll go. Um, I wouldn't do a movie. Um, I think... <laughs> Take his question and shove it up his ass. Yeah, sorry, lad. <laughs> but I would think the whole the comic book arc can be far better done in a mini series or a regular series because it plays out like a run in a comic. Mm-hmm. So, like you say, certain comics work as the big screen. You know, your A listers, so to speak. And I make no assumptions that my favourite character is firmly high B list but still B-list. You know, Barbara Gordon is not a Wonder Woman. She's not a Superman. She's not a Batman. She's that next tier down. Like, if you're a casual comic fan, you know. Mm-hmm. So, stuff like that, like you say, it plays, I think a series would be far better. As long as they, uh, like, I'd like to see, a, like you say, a Gotham series where it was everyone but Batman, maybe. Because, like you say, I, I like Batman. The universe centers around him, but I'm sick to death of seeing Batman at this point. So, I don't know, like you say, just... just, Who would you cast? Would you cast an unknown? As long as they've got talent in red hair, that's all I care. (laughs) I'm going to give away my card now. I want Sophia Lillis to play her. She was in It, the remake with Beverly Marsh. I think she'd be fantastic. Who was, oh, I tell was, you, I she was also in. Uh, I'm not okay with this. That Netflix show. Oh, I've never seen. Wait, that. Do you, do you, how old is she now? Sophia Lillis is 18 now. But I, honestly, ever since I saw her in in it, I thought she'd be fucking perfect as Barbara. Like she's just got that 
like spunk and that like quality that you'd want. Yeah, so it it depends what she, show you want to make well or what movie and what story you want to tell because like you say you could have an older Batgirl. I'd but at like the same time it be... would make more sense to have an early 20 20- um oh feck what was her name? I can't remember her name. What was she in? Um one of the daughters from Lost in Space. The new one um that they've done. I think she turned up in Legends tomorrow actually. Um one of the daughters that she she's got that kind of sarky but fun, lovable nature in that show, and you were just like, right age, right hair colour. I'm going to Google this. Hold on a second. Lost in space. Yeah, I'm on it. Is it Mina? Me, ah, yeah, Mina Sundwall. I have is no it? idea what her name is, but her. No, yeah, like, she's got red hair. Yeah, that would be her. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, I, I like I, to say I, in I, Lost in Space, she was one of the best things about that reboot that they did. Because again, she was a hu- she played a human character, and I know she's human in the literal sense. But like in a, you related to that character. You every time she came out with a sarky line, she delivered it well enough that you thought that's how I would have delivered it. You know, again, it's she's she has a bit of warmth to her, I think. And like you say, she seems about the right age, so I'd give her a go. She's yeah. an actor, not a model for a start, so you know she, we're not going to piss you, that you one. Watch your terminology there. This phrasing, even she's old enough. I'll give her a go. <laughs> Sound like Bruce Tim. Oh god, <laughs> what have I done? Um, <laughs> what have I done? Oh no, we me, can't. We can't pitch this anymore. <laughs> for me, I was. I've always said that I wanted a funny enough Jenna Coleman to be Batgirl. I thought that she's very good at doing the whole. Play, playing multiple ca- like multiple characters, but being the same character. So in, in Doctor Who, she's got to play both uh, a normal everyday school teacher who then also goes on adventures with the Doctor and be like his best mate, and then she's got to in front of people be at, pretend like she is almost the Doctor, like she's got to pretend she's also like a experienced time traveler and not a teacher from a, a little school. So she could, was really good at jumping between these. Uh, these personalities, these masks that superheroes genuinely were. So I could believe it being because that's who all these superheroes are, especially in the Bat family. Barbara Gordon is Barbara Gordon, the normal girl who's a son of Commissioner Gordon. Got Barbara Gordon, the woman who flies around at night. And Barbara Gordon is, well, Batgirl when that persona herself. She, she's day. playing three people, which I think would suit her more. And as for Satana, like I, I don't really have any background knowledge on Satana. I'd, I'd almost be tempted to say my card would be let a completely new actor play Satana, and then that is like that they own that character. Then they are in the same way that Matt Smith came out of nowhere and just was like, "I'm the new Doctor Who," and everyone's like, "He's Doctor Who," and David Tennant did the same. And you just come in and you just take this role. It's kind of known by a lot of people and just own it. You've got nothing else to base it on. So you just be that role. That's again a problem for Ruby Rose. From, wasn't it? This is this. Uh, uh, this is the same rabbit hole we went down the other day on Instagram or over message it. This is the same. This is why I circle back to do an animated because as much as I'd like a live action, you know, the animated. So long as again the story's right and you do the characters well. It doesn't matter if they're live action or not, but you can get away with a lot more in animated mm-hmm. and a lot less of a budget. So, like you say, have, guess... you seen, have you seen? Have you seen Hush? Like, the, did, did you see that, Chris? Oh, I that was a... shite. That. Did you watch Hush? The Hush animated <laughs> movie, Graham. 
I did not, but I've oh seen clips again. We're not go. No, we're not saying that level of animation. Like you say, this is this is where my pitch came from. It was a case of set in the Bruce Tim universe. Reopen. No, no, reopen I just that just when no, when you said like budget and stuff, Chris, not that hush. Have you not seen that hush is going to be in Batwoman? Oh, what that shit TV show with Ruby Rose? Yeah, hush is going to be in that. Yeah, have you got your phone now in front of you? Yeah. Right, Google hush Batwoman and look at the picture. Graham, do the same if you've not already. It it's, looks it's like the Invisible Man from the nineteen twenties. It, I think it's, it looks... It, I don't get... The, why would you make it, like... Why would you not just bandage the face? Why have you made, like, it's clear a, a fake head? Fucking hell. Oh, no. That's terrible. Oh, no. It looks like um, someone's tried to cosplay uh, Larry from Doom Patrol TV show. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, Larry from Doom Patrol just... Oh, no. just Larry he's, from... he's forgot his goggles. He's left them on the bus. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not... But that's my point. Live action, far more can go wrong. So if I want my favourite character to get that push finally, I want it in safe hands. So therefore, put it back with Bruce Tim, even as a producer, but just reopen that entire universe because those characters, again, you like the Batgirl, Zatanna, Black Canary, uh, Huntress, they all got little episode spotlights scattered throughout the decade of whenever all this was going across the various shows. But there's enough there that you can say, this is happening in the same time as all the other stuff that you saw is happening, but it plays no part in it. But they're still the characters you know, first and foremost. Yeah, that's probably... Everybody's on it. That, isn't it? <laughs> and like you say, you could you could do anything with it then, as long as it's not another generic, here's a whole season arc, because I'm getting bored with that on telly, with everything right now. So uh, I feel like we've, we've figured out some problems here. If anyone from DC is listening, A... Involve a woman somehow, like in the in the either producing or directing. Involve Writing. yeah, a, a woman to be the showrunner. So to let you know when you're being a you're falling into a classic trope. And B pass that test, that Bershwitz test or whatever. <laughs> the Bechdel test. The Bechdel <laughs> test. Right. The Blitzkrieg test. <laughs> the Blitzkrieg test. Yeah. Do you bop? Has it bopped? Um, the the third thing. Um, get high actual actors, not supermodels, <laughs> not just like someone who looks good or someone who kind of just get some get an actually good actor to play the role, and that'll do. And number four, don't give them a love interest. We couldn't ever get, if they have a love interest, make it like it's the same love interest. Make it like an uh, you know what? Here's a really good example as well. You know who's a really strong female character, and most of her, the storylines throughout the like eight season run as a side character was about the relationship with the boyfriend, then fiance, and the husband, Carla from Scrubs. Carla from Scrubs is one of the strongest female characters in telly and most of her storylines are about her and Turk but it's normally because Turk's fucked up and it's more about the dynamic and it's about them just trying to work and fix the relationship and then her relationships with other people but it's never like she kind of fancies this person and doesn't oh it's not worked out with this person it doesn't her, her relationship's never on rocks it's just going for a problem but they, you are going to get to the end of it it's just how but her, she is so fierce throughout it and she's never like crying or whining or anything that falls again into like oh like makes her seem weak if anything Turk always looks the weaker of the two 
she's the stronger character. Like Holman that's Mudge. The... <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Holman is the dude. Just... <laughs> Mudge is by so, far the stronger um... human. But yeah, I just think that I feel feel we just that they're the main things that get lost. And D, and as you put out, Graham, it's also stop taking massive risks and thinking that it's a good idea to do this. Just let's try it with this. No, play it safe, which sounds like a dead off the odd thing. Play it safe, get it right first time, and once it's right, then start experimenting. But don't yeah. just immediately go in with all right, let's do Zatanna, except she's a one-legged dwarf. Yeah, Don't exactly. it's almost like, like they, that. It's almost like they take risks with some of this thing, like you say, to tick boxes to seem like they're doing the right thing. Which yeah. you know, it's, like you say, it's. Oh, I'd I'm like, telling you right I, now, I, I could come across no one, here, but no you know, one in the CW, no one in the CW, and no one in Warner Brothers ever sat down and pitched that when they introduced Black, um, Superman in the D, in DC EU or in any of the CW shows that he should be black. They will not have done that. Why? Because it's a risk. But the character is so, like, been done so much before. You could have done a black Superman. It would have been fine. And if we got the right actor, it would have been fine. But they didn't. No one will have had that conversation. And if they did, they'll have been shot down. Why? Don't take a risk. It's Superman. We've got it. So why are you taking massive risks on characters, like female characters, that aren't as well-known and well-developed yet, just get them to the point where there is household as the name Superman. Yeah, flip that formula. Like you say, take the risks on the characters that are the safe bet normally and take the mm-hmm. safe bet for the characters that you want. You know, you have to push. Because like you say, yeah. I mean, like you say, the, that, like I say, keep on going back to it, but that killing joke was the big one because you thought, finally, I'm going to get a bit of a push on Barbara Gordon maybe. And this may filter over into the comics. And all of that stuff, which I'm far more into than the, the TV aspect or the movie aspect of DC. And it never happened. And it just seemed to fall off the face of a cliff exactly when all the bad publicity from that film came out. About how I they mean, handled the character. And you say, oh, here we go. We, no, I say we built it so far up and then they just burnt the bridge underneath their feet. Almost. In fact, haven't they done it with Catwoman? Isn't in Catwoman a new film? Isn't she going to be black? Yeah, maybe I don't know. Lenny Kravitz's daughter's playing. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is fine because everyone knows who Catwoman is, so it doesn't matter. It has, it won't have any bearing whatsoever. It's not a risk. Well, actually, if you remember rightly, the first Catwoman ever in the TV show in Batman '66 was black. There was two, there was three, there was three Catwomen, wasn't there? Three women played Catwoman, and one of them was black. No, one of them was black. Gotta be Eartha Kit. Yeah. Thinking of I'm trying to put name to face. But yeah. no, but that's the that's the thing, like you say. You can I don't mind you race swapping, even gender swapping, anything along those lines. You you can have as much fun as you want. But as long as it works in a societal point of view, the universe you're basing them in, like you say, I think have you ever watched um Fat Men on Batman, uh, Batman before? Yeah, yeah, Kevin Smith. Um God, Mark like... Menardo is uh is uh, what you call it? His partner in that. He came out with a very good point, and as a black guy himself, I'll take his word for it. He was like, "You can't have Batman being black because in a realistic world that we all live in, when have you ever seen a multi-millionaire playboy black guy get away with anything?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. And you're just like, "Shit, he's right," and he's black as well. So he knows. Mark Bernard, I'm going to listen to this guy. 
He's lived through it. But he's just like, but other characters, you can, like you say, Superman. Nothing to say on Krypton that they all, they're all Caucasian. Fine. Yeah, I just... Throw that in. No. I mean, like you say, so long as it doesn't fundamentally screw with the societal aspect of that universe that you're basing it in, it doesn't matter. Really. I mean, look at Domino. Domino in Deadpool 2. That, that, yeah, was, that, was a, that was a risk because that was a character not developed whatsoever. No one knew who this character was. So what do they do? They took a risk. It did pay off. This is the thing about risks. It's not like a risk means it will fail. Risks can pay off. They just genuinely don't. Domino worked. And what's her name? Is that his... Zatanna. What's her name? No, Domino, the actress. The actress oh, Zazie, Zazie Beats. Yeah, Zazie Beats. She, she did, did that so well. I remember Chris was a bit full about it, not in like in a racist way or anything, but Chris was just like, why have they, why have they done that? I don't get We'll see. And immediately Chris was, I think Chris was going, probably subconsciously going, oh, they've taken them for risk. What have they done? Why have they changed the character? They've, and I think Chris will agree. She was great. Yeah, she was fantastic in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's like that's, it worked. So the risks do work. Don't that's get, where don't Marvel's get so much better, though, than DC at taking the risks. Because Marvel have just nailed the calculated risks across the board, pretty much beat for beat. No, nine out of ten yeah. times. They get their risks right. Whereas DC, across the board, be it movie, television, or even comics, at best you're getting five out of ten right. I mean, like you say, I mean, let's say, perfect example, like you say, how many Batman crossovers do we get every, say, two years? Like, where it involves all the Bat family and they all have tie-ins and all of this. And then Robin's got his own one, the special occasions. I can't remember a single time where they've had a Batgirl or a Catwoman or a Huntress-centred storyline that makes other people tie in crossover. Like, they'll appear yeah. in that comic, but it won't directly be a tie-in issue, say. Yeah, yeah Matt's right. not wrong. Yeah, you're right. Not wrong. No, you'll see Batman turn up, baby, in a Batgirl comic. Fine. But you won't have a Batman comic solely centred on a Batgirl story that's not even on his pages, like they do with everything else. And like you say, they've done it for Robin, Nightwing, constantly. You know, Constantine, like you say, he, the fingers all in many pies with that Constantine. But they've guy. not even done it for Wonder Woman. And she's, they've yeah. not done it for Wonder Woman. And she's like the third oldest character and part of the Holy Trinity. I can't think of a Wonder Woman crossover story, a main event. Like, yeah. Mar- Marvel have done it. Marvel made Cap- um, Captain Marvel part, well, it was Captain Marvel versus Iron Man for Civil War Part 2. She was a yeah. main part of it. She had, there was a massive crossover, so Marvel do it. Yeah. But DC don't. And they're saying a lot of these female characters would be better off suited to a bigger storyline with ties in. Say, for me, the most important character, say, in Gotham, for me, is Barbara Gordon. Because, like you say, if her secrets were ever revealed, it ruins the trust between the police and the Bat family and the public. Yeah. And the Bat- that, that triangle, because all of a sudden, well, the police commissioner can't control his own daughter. That's actually a really interesting plot point that, you know, you can just like, but they never play on, on that it. thread. That yeah, could be an event never... in itself, almost no, like imagine... a almost like a Peter Somebody... Parker identity reveal, you know, like Civil War or something. Well, they, yeah. they kind of didn't. Sean Murphy kind of touch on that in his White Knight Part Two. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And how well received was that? They're doing spin-offs with the side characters now because they want to build on that universe. Oh, Chris! So... By the way, I've been told today that I got it's being dispatched. Part Eight is finally being dispatched <laughs> to me. Nice. I can't wait to hear what you think about how it ends. 
And Graham, I ordered like about four comics, five issue comics just before lockdown happened. And then <laughs> lockdown happened. And I've been waiting for it's like immortal number, whatever they're up to. An amazing Spider-Man. The and all these, but then the, the the final part of White Knight. And I'm just waiting and I haven't I don't know what happens. And every every week it just gets pushed forward a week and another week. And all, I'm starting to hear it in Boris's voice seeing it come up another week and another week and then finally <laughs> they took the money and I know it's on its way and it better be fucking good because I am dying to read it. it I had that exact same problem but with Jams America. True story. <laughs> with jam. Well, cri- cri- what, was it true jam? Chris will tell you this. Oh, that's oh, a no, good segue. It's... Yeah, check out my other podcast, Ask a Yank. Where I speak, speak to it. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, I do a podcast on jam. I'm a jam expert. <laughs> we, we do actually speak jam and jellies and the differences Great between. Great jelly is the one that I ordered. The yeah. Yankel Mel. So go and check that out on Apple Podcasts. Jams, jellies, and preserves. Jams, jellies, and preserves. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Like, but like you say, going back to it, you know, that character arc would affect everyone in Gotham, mm-hmm. right? And you could have a, uh, like you say, you could have a bad guy or girl that uses that maybe, you know, wants to discover it or accidentally discovers her identity and it plays off from that. But that could encapsulate several characters for a tie-in and it would generally, unlike all these other times that say, oh, it's going to change the dynamic for forever and it never does. That generally could if it played out. Yeah. And it's just, they say, for me, they just never give that a shot and that's why, personally, like I say, she's my favourite character in all of this because she has that hanging over her but nobody's ever bothered to try it. Like, they occasionally, maybe with Oracle, like back a day, but, you know, that's, what, 15 odd years ago now or something daft when that was in its heyday. Yeah, you know, see, that was a bold move by Gail Simone again, like before the whole New 52 thing. She actually, you know, she made reveal her identity to her dad. And that was a huge, like, turning point, you know. Well, they say the, the injustice. The tie-in comics that they did with Injustice, they did it in that as well, and it was handled so brilliantly by um, oh Christ, Tom Taylor, What's Tom Taylor, the legend, yeah, big Liverpool fan right, yeah. as well. Um, like you say, in one of those comics, Constantine takes his shirt off and he's got "You'll Never Walk Alone" tattooed on his chest. It's hilarious. <laughs> I was literally the only person in the world to notice it, by all accounts. When I tweeted it back when I had a Twitter, he <laughs> was just like, "Ah, oh, glad you saw it." Like, sang bad. But no, like, but like you say, you know, that's a great dynamic, her and her dad. You know, it's a family dynamic. But again, recently, it's all been angst. You know, what's quite, similar, quite similar to that that Marvel did was uh, the Spider-Gwen series, her, her relationship <laughs> with her dad, because he, obviously, Captain Stacy, it's very similar, and it plays with that idea. And that was done really well. It was a gripping. <laughs> oh, goal. yeah, like, he's the vigilante. He doesn't need the vigilante. Uh, yeah, 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 and I she actually mean... ends up in prison and stuff, and she does her time, and it's a really interesting story, you know. Exactly, and again, that generally would shake up something. Like you say, even knowing comics, like you say, everything kind of reset, you know resets back to zero eventually. You know, it could literally. You know, I mean, what's the, what was the one I mentioned to you the other day? Um, Event Leviathan, wasn't it? Oh yeah, the Batman thing. The Batman thing, where it they had gr- all world. That's right. All the, and I like Grant, you know, Grant Morrison's work from the stuff that I've read of him. You know, once I'm a big, big fan, but I don't read that much. So, 
like the whole point of that arc was the world great, you know, the best detectives figuring out the secret organization after some heroes and got offered a place in it. And it bored the shit out of me, I'm not gonna lie. And just at the end, Batgirl reveals to be working you know, against them from within. So the most interesting part of that entire story didn't even play out. It was just an off-panel thing that you know just tied everything up nicely at the end. Why weren't we seeing that? You know, where, where's the where's the repercussions of that? Barbara Gordon again, and I think it was Amanda Waller took down this was a big bad from inside, but it's just been skirted over now. Yeah, it's like they didn't have a part in that story because they weren't on the cover. Yeah, because Batman, Batman needs... sells more co- more comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and that's yeah. That's where, like you say, they've got they've got to take a risk, but it's got to be a, a caveat. It, it just reminded me again of like when, I'm just remembering comics that I was picking up when the, at the height of my uh, of my buying, like, and it was again was all female. Lady Thor. You know what's interesting about Lady Thor? Got no love interest. Not one. Not a thing. Not a person. Not a human. Not anyone in her life. Not man for. No. No, but by then they're, they're long. They're lo- she's her identity is completely secret to him, um, and they have completely broken up like ages ago. Then um, they are not remotely an item. So it's it's like if, if when they face to face with each other for the first few times, he doesn't even know who she is, and when she he finally figures out who she is, it's a it's again it's a very different conversation. It's not like oh well now you're. You can handle my thrusting or something like that. It's, it's just like. Do <laughs> oh, you mind me, Anna? <laughs> it's just two people talking who were once in a relationship so long ago. But it. But again, this is my point. All these characters. This. Why? Why female characters to have, be to be like pining or after men or chasing someone? It. it it's. Batman, Batman isn't interesting when he's chasing Catwoman. Yeah, Batman's Tom King. <laughs> yeah, Batman's interesting when Catwoman walks in and in the dynamic he has to play with her. But once she's left the room, she's left the room. She's left Batman's mind, and that's and then carries on because the character is interesting enough without another person walking. But yeah. it's like in film and TV, they haven't grasped that yet. Yeah, like you say, well, a lot of the comics they starve, and that's, as I say, again, you know, poor old bad girl, she's basically hoard herself out over the last two years. Like you say, there's every four or five issues, there's another female, oh, sorry, another female, another male villain that she kind of likes, but doesn't like, and it's just like, oh. And then, and then when, they've not, gone, when they've not got anyone, got all of a sudden, now, Dick, have we? Yeah. Dick Grayson just walks in when they've not got anyone, and she's like, oh, you know what, I like Dick. That, yeah, I would say that's the thing that's always hanging over it. It is always Dick it's is always, always hanging, hanging over. over. Yeah, Dick is always <laughs> hang, hanging over poor old Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> What's he called now, Chris? What's he called now? Oh, Rick Grayson. Is Rick Grayson now? Yeah, because he got hit in the head and he can't remember who he was. He's got a shave dead. Yeah. <laughs> Of course he has. And he's dark <laughs> and brooding now. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Because that's what D needs more of. See, exactly. We've gone full circle. Proves me points. It makes him sound dyslexic, doesn't it? So it's like, your name was Dick, 
and you go around as Robin. Right, well, I'm going to call myself Rick. <laughs> and at night, I will mob him. <laughs> he just goes around tattling on people. I'm dobbing you in. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it back to the playground. But like you say, but that's the thing. Like you say, like the NDC, it has to be done. You know, Grayson's probably got it fucking worse than anyone over the last few years, I think. Yeah, because there's something going on with him. And like you say, he's not my favourite character by far, but because of the you know the universe that he circles that I read, like you say, every, every I mean, was, couple of months he was James like, Bond for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. Like you say, he was James Bond, he was Nightwing, and then he wasn't Nightwing, and then he got like you say, then he got a hit on the head and now he doesn't know who he is. But all this is going on in another comic that has nothing to do with, say, again, Batgirl, but yet it keeps on coming up in the in the monologue. My Batgirl comic, like, <laughs> okay, I get the shared universe. But why why is this a thing? If you're gonna play on it, <laughs> go go all in on it. You know, team them up. Do a team-up book, for fuck's sake, if you want to go down that route. Like you say, give them the Turk and Carla dynamic. <laughs> like, yeah! You know, Batgirl and Dobbin? Batgirl and Dobbin. Imagine the scenes. <laughs> just, just a big old dick hanging over poor Alva. Haven't, in fact, they've done it. Marvel would be to it. Isn't there a uh, Gambit and Rogue comic? Yes, they're now happily Sen- married. Simpsons did it. <laughs> it is like you say it would work i mean i I mean it's what everybody likes i i think from what i can gather from the internet like say i'm not that big of an avid comic fan that i go on forums and stuff but the general consensus is those two characters are liked together so give people what they want for a change rather than teasing constantly you know again that wouldn't be a risk that would set because i think those two have been waiting to get together as a couple pretty much 50-odd years now or something. So people would pay for that. They'd invest in it. And it wouldn't be a risk unless it was absolutely shite and then the sales dropped off. But you get the original bounce, so why not take that risk? Yeah. So what have we learned here today, guys? We ramble far too much. (laughs) This is the Jerry Springer moment now. (sighs) This is why he'd lob a chair at Graham. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or a tire. Um... I've I've learned I've learned why I like female characters, which is a big thing for me actually, because I've tried to I've tried to write this before. I've even done a blog on the site, talknerdy.uk. But, um, I wrote a blog on on my favourite female characters and I did the intro for it about seven times, trying to put why I like female characters. I just gave up in the end. I think I even wrote at the top. I've tried to write this several times. I don't know why I like them, but I do. And it's definitely not like, and it's it's not because I like look at them and go, Fwah. I genuinely like female characters much more interesting than men. And I think it's because they, if they're written well, which I found I've it's to do as long as they don't have a massive, like, will they, won't they interest with multiple people. If they, um, what was the other thing? If, if, and as long as the dialogue doesn't involve constantly mentioning other men around them. They're, that means they're interesting characters, and I think there are a lot of interesting female characters, and it isn't the fact they're female. In fact, it's not related at all. I like Wonder Woman because she's an interesting character. I like Silk because she's an interesting character. I like all of these they're interesting characters, not because I'm not grouping them together and going, why do I like these women? I like them for the same reason I like Batman, for the same reason I like Daredevil. I like them as superheroes, gender 
and it's mainly like doesn't come into it. I just somehow I may maybe favour female characters, but the, I don't think gender means anything. I just think they're really well written, and when they're really well written, then they, they then they yeah then and it doesn't matter on gender. That's what I've learned. Hey here. Nice, nice. I think I've, I've learned that I want to see Jenna Coleman play Zatanna. I will t- <laughs> tip my fedora to that, <laughs> milady, and, and hover over her shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> creepy fingers. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should call it a day. We've already gone like an hour more than we said we would. But thanks for joining us. Thank you for yeah, allowing man. me to air these grievances that I've had for. Five odd years now. It's cool. Like, I just thought it was a really interesting topic to delve into because also because you're so passionate about it. I was like, oh, this is definitely something that needs talking about. So it's cool. Well, for, for like you say, for three guys in their thirties, I think we've done quite well. Yeah, so we've not done bad. Like you say, a lot of people tiptoe around, and I think again that's another reason why it falls short because either they go too far or they don't go far enough. There's a, there's never the sweet spot with a lot of this stuff. So. I I, 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 say I I just now need to figure out how to A, write a comic book and two, get a professional email so I can actually send this pitch <laughs> to Bruce Tim and Gail Simone somehow. <laughs> nice. I found, my, I found my path in life, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this series. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plot lies now all night. Yes, and I'll definitely tweet this episode at them so maybe they might listen to half an hour of it if we're lucky. <laughs> if they... If they keep, give them a timestamp as well for when yeah. you actually do talk. <laughs> Probably, um, put your email, we send it to them. Put, make make a, a professional business email rather than the email you currently fucking use. But make exactly. it one that Bruce Tim, Bruce Tim will notice. So, like, call, make your email like Poison Ivy, Sogs, Zatanna, maybe. Ask Hotlesbianaction <laughs> at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at Chris's Comics Podcast. And you can also follow my personal account on Instagram. That's Chris J. Wakefield. Like, rate, and review the show on Apple. And also write a quick review. Makes massive differences to where you see us. And you can send us a message at Chris's Comics Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Do, do you have anything to plug, either of you? Uh, no. Yeah, if you go to- <laughs> If you go to talknerdy.e, it's that either of us then, which made it sound like he was giving the option, but it's still as useless as before. Um, <laughs> go to talknerdy.uk, where you can see uh, podcasts and blogs and vlogs, and you can get a link to this podcast as well. So if you want a link to Chris's comics itself, um, if you're un- unsure what Chris means by there's three S's in his email, go to talknerdy.uk and you can get to him via there. There you go. Oh, yeah. And I gave my email at the very beginning by mistake, so I'm bored in, I'm bored in quarantine, so just hit me up. That's what I'm playing. I just want company. You've got uh, some awesome music, though, dude. I know MFX are no more, but um, go and check out uh, the back catalogue. Yeah, do do that. And give me some pennies. Um, what is it? AMFX band, I think, on Facebook. If you, if you just YouTube AMFX, it's either us or an American smelting company, so... You know, I'll give you a clue which one it is. <laughs> I'll post something on Instagram so everyone can check that out. I like it. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, th- thanks for joining me, guys. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Over and out. Bye, guys. Bye.